while your day is winding down. They're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can get in the program. We'll also take your messages on the WBSM app chat. We're talking about some local stuff. I do want to talk about something that is national but does impact, I think, probably a lot of people in this or could impact a lot of people in this listening audience. And that is the case that's before the Supreme Court right now um, on student loan forgiveness. Biden's student, for, student loan forgiveness plan to essentially um, award uh, eligible people who are eligible um, $20,000 up to $20,000 in loan forgiveness uh, if they're eligible. Um, this is, you know, due to the the ongoing student loan crisis that's leaving uh, borrowers like over maybe close to $2 trillion total in debt. I think the average borrower's got about 38000 in student loan debt, um, the obviously the pandemic, uh, the which in and of itself is a major economic constraint for a lot of student, um, a lot of student borrowers, a student loan borrowers. But it's also exacerbated by the fact that we just went through a global pandemic, um, the likes of which we haven't seen in a century, that has had an enormous. A negative impact on people's economic prospects um, in a lot of ways. So Biden, for some reason, I don't know. Uh, so so Biden said, I Biden said he couldn't cancel all of the student loans. He could only cancel up to X amount, up to twenty thousand dollars. I personally think he should have tried to cancel all of it, but he. Went for up to $20,000. Okay. So now, this could still help a significant amount of people. Again, the average borrower has about $38,000 in debt. Now, it's only for income-eligible students, so I think you have to make less than... I want to say it's 100000 a year, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Um, but let's say the average borrower is... $38,000 a year and income eligible that could wipe 20,000 if you could wipe $20,000 off their debt they only have 18 which is still not nothing but it's a lot more tenable some people obviously have student loans in the hundreds of thousands of dollars depending on you know what major you had whether or not you had to go to graduate school um and what borrower you took out obviously student loan Industry's been um, nationalized, but uh, for a time there was it was privatized with some pretty unscrupulous um, lending agencies that were giving out loans at about ten percent interest in some cases. So I mean, interest now is like six 
six, seven percent. It's not like it's much better. But Biden put this together just, I think, just around the time of the midterm elections. It was obviously very popular. So what did the Republicans want to do? They wanted to kill it. So they brought the. So they brought. Um, they're trying to bring a lawsuit. To, they brought a lawsuit to the Supreme Court to try to kill Biden's twenty thousand dollars student loan forgiveness plan. Now the Supreme Court obviously has a six to three Republican majority. So it seems likely that they're going to at least in part kill this uh, kill Biden's plan. Um, and there's not much that the three. Uh, Demo- you know, liberal justices can really do uh, about it because again, six three, six three Republican. But what's interesting about this case is that I don't think, and it's the opinion of a lot of legal scholars and a lot, uh, even a few of the Supreme Court justices. It seems I don't think the people suing, I don't think the people suing the federal government or suing the federal government over this plan to try to kill the loan, to kill Biden's loan forgiveness plan. They don't have standing. They don't have a right to sue. So the first uh, set of plaintiffs are two borrowers who are, for one reason or another, ineligible for the program, right? And so what they're trying to say is because they're ineligible, they can't get anything, that basically nobody should get anything, that the program should be invalid. And they're trying to say that public comment wasn't sought in this, uh, in putting together this policy. Cause sometimes the federal government has to seek public comment before getting a, before getting a, before implementing certain policies or regulations. But in this case, this was done under the heroes act. I believe in 2003, this is a post nine 11 law that gives the executive uh, branch in the president authority to modify student uh, modify student loan payments in uh, you know during a national crisis to make sure it's easier or put you know borrowers in a position where to 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 lesson to basically mitigate situations in which borrowers are in a position where they cannot pay their their student loans they're going to default on their student loans so it's that 2003 law again in a national emergency the president of the united states can modify the student loan program to make it more tenable for borrowers so that um you know the economic pitfalls of that national emergency in this case the covid 19 pandemic um, won't put people, won't put borrowers in an, uh, an untenable position, which many of them already are. So under that law, the Secretary of Education, in this case, Miguel, Miguel Cardona, did not have to seek public comment. That's explicit in the law. Didn't have to seek public comment. So their entire argument on its face seems totally invalid. Because one, they're basically saying because we don't, we're not eligible. Nobody's eligible. Um, we're trying to get, you know, we're not going to get anything, so we're going to try to get more, but we know we're going to get nothing. It doesn't make any sense. And two, the thing that they said the Secretary of Education didn't do, he didn't have to do by law. So they don't have standing. 
By the way, 508-996-0500. We see some calls online. We're going to get to them. Two, the other plaintiffs are a group of states who definitely don't have standing. Who definitely don't have standing. Because in order to have standing, there needs to be a show of harm. And the Supreme Court needs to be able to redress that harm. And what standing does Nebraska have? What harm does Nebraska have? None. Zero. But it didn't stop the Supreme Court from hearing this case. And the only the only justices that were really addressing the standing, for the most part, I think Amy Coney Berry made some comments, were the the three Democratic appointed justices. So... 508-996-0500. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. Hi, uh, Marcus. Yep. Yeah, um, uh, I think you're doing a great job with the radio show at night, but I was just wondering if you could explain something to me, and I just want to ask you the question and just sit back and listen as you, you know, hang up and just listen to your answer. I, I don't understand the thing about the state peer, but like what they're fighting about and who owns the state pier? Or is it the city? Is it the state? And why oh, sure. they, don't, they don't want us to like to do nothing with that. And what I've been hearing, you know, with the mayor and all that, I listen to you every night, but I'm a first time caller. So I appreciate it. I just, yeah, can I just like uh, just hang up and listen to your answer to it? Sure, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll do that right now. Okay. Sure. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Love first-time callers. Call again. So the state peer issue, basically, this is the encapsulation of it, and we see some other calls online. We'll get to them in a minute at 508-996-0500. Here's the state peer issue. So um, the state peer is currently owned by DCR, the Department of Conservation and Recreation. I think most people agree they probably shouldn't own it. We don't know why they own it. But the state peer is you go to the bottom of Union Street, you see Route 18, right, downtown. You see Route 18, and then right across Route 18, that's the state pier. It is, you know, that big open parking lot that you see. So there has been discussion over a lot, very long time, you know, over decades, about what is the best use for that asset, which is, you know, prime waterfront real estate in... um you know, in, on the, in the port of New Bedford. Now, what, you know, Senator Montigny said is he had some language passed into law in two, 2008, I believe it was, to have the development of the state pier, you know, for, to allow the development of the state pier to include both commercial and retail. So mixed use, right? And so over time, the Baker administration, uh, I think in particular has been pretty active on this, has pushed for it. They want to see that property be developed into something that they see as more usable, right? So, I mean, obviously the fishing industry's down there. Um, you know, as Mitchell said, a significant amount, 99% of the, 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 the waterfront is used for um, marine industry. So... There have been some tensions, uh, you know, um, Rep Strauss had said that the fishing industry is really what's, you know, it is the major industry in, you know, the region and it could be disrupted by any other retail use or any retail use on the state pier. 
So there has been an RFP process for how, you know, uh, with the state on how to use the state pier. The bid that was uh, essentially secured was a deal that included um, Crowley Maritime, included uh, Served Well, uh, which is um, the Silverstein's, not your average Joe's, right? Uh, and, you know, Black Whale, et cetera, um, Cisco. Uh, base Seafood Auction. And maybe some, uh, maybe some other. Uh, so it was a mix of commercial partners in both in retail and in fishing. And so they have some ideas about, you know, to develop that waterfront into something that has retail, uh, like hospitalities, restaurants, et cetera, and puts the fishing part of the industry front and center. So what they want to do is make the fishing auction something that happens out in public. Right. So that's something Mayor Mitchell's described before something that's out in public, put the fishing auction front and center. So he talks about like that, 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 uh, that market, that fish market in, in, uh, Seattle where everybody throws the fishes around, they throw fishes and there's, you know, ice and all that stuff. Right. And how that's a big attraction. People go to see that stuff happen. New Bedford in terms of profit and in terms of catch significantly outpaces, uh, even a major city like Seattle, but New Bedford doesn't have a display that really features the fishing industry. So that's one of the things that's included. So what Mitchell's arguing is that this one is a use of a um, uh, mismanaged property uh, and two actually puts the benefits the fishing industry because it puts it front and center and it puts it more out more front facing so people can actually observe and see what exactly the fishing industry is what the fishing industry does and will be more inclined to protect it in in situations in which uh, it may be threatened by stuff like some certain types of regulations or other industry now the state lawmakers which i would agree has been the 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 most vocal leader in opposition definitely they to be fair they've also expressed some concerns but the most vocal leader i think in opposition has been rep strauss rep strauss is chair of the transportation committee he represents fairhaven uh the tritown okushnet and uh and and uh parts of new bedford uh i think parts of ward 1 now i think last time you represented wards 3 and 4 but parts of new bedford represents new bedford so he his primary opposition is he thinks that you know development over there threatens the fishing industry and that this bid could f- threaten the fishing industry. And what he also said is the way in which this bid was secured, state lawmakers were, and this is the concern that the other state lawmakers had left out, uh, had said they were left out of the negotiating process and how this bid was secured. So they're saying this happened basically without any of us having really much say or much knowledge of what's going on. And this is a state peer, and we are state lawmakers. So this wasn't the first format that was it was discussed in. Um, it was discussed on uh, uh, the Providence NPR. I had Ben Burke on, actually. Uh, Will Senat wrote a piece on it, and Anastasia Lennon, uh, both at New Bedford Light, had wrote a piece on it. And so that's when, actually, after Anastasia Lennon's piece, I... Um, had reached out to Rep. Strauss, and, we, and, and then we had heard later from 
Reps uh, Senator Montigny and Rep Markey, uh, all of their concerns. Now, Rep Strauss seems to be different, differentiated from the rest of the, the the other two that we've heard from in that he wants to see that deal basically nixed. But what Senator Montigny says is it fits with his vision for the it fits with his vision for the state peer when he passed that language into law. So he just wants to make sure that that deal, the way the bid, the way that was secured, which again will be mixed use retail will be uh, was done above board. Right. Was done above board and legally. And Mitchell has said, you know, it has been Governor Baker's been involved. He's been involved. And he said the state the state has no the state legislatures don't have a legal right to be at the table that extending that invitation would have been a courtesy by the Baker administration and a courtesy that the Baker administration had chose not to extend for the state to the state lawmakers for one reason or another. So that's the situation with the state uh, the state peer bid. It seems like Rep Strauss, and I think you sh- you should check out the podcast because he he was on for about forty five minutes talking about this. He'd I think laid out his opposition pretty well, pretty you know pretty cohesively, understandably, and um, you know Rep uh, Markey and, and and Senator Montigny did as well. They they were listening and they'd happen to call in later. But every state, every member of the state delegation, the state rep delegation signed that letter, you know, voicing concern about how that bid was uh, was secured. But right now, it looks like, as far as I know, there's been no disruptions to it. It was something that was secured in the Mitchell uh, in the Baker administration. It's now up to the Healy administration to see it through. Um, but as far as we know, what most of the state reps are looking for in the state lawmakers are just an evaluation to see how that deal is done. Now, to be fair, and I, I should have probably gotten more into it with Mitchell earlier, but I don't know. Sometimes the conversation goes one way or the other. They were FOIA. They did have to FOIA emails, which is Freedom of Information Act, FOIA emails between different parties involved in the in the um, in the in the bidding process. Right. But what the to encapsulate it, a, a, a deal was secured by uh, to a uh, bid was secured for the state uh, peer by mass development by the state. They want to redevelop that state peer which Mitchell said has been underdeveloped, which some, at least some state lawmakers agree has been underdeveloped. That state pier, which is at the bottom of Union Street, right across from Route 18, you see it, which Mitchell described as a parking lot. Uh, they think that, that it's got a lot of potential, being where it is, to have retail, to develop more retail on the waterfront, which will obviously drive tourism, get more people coming to New Bedford, drive tax revenue, et cetera, and feature the the, the seafood auction front and center, right? So have the, you know, basically have the, have the heritage industry in New Bedford front and center for everybody to see and see what a seafood auction is and all of that and, and, and put it front-facing, which he thinks is going to be a net benefit to the fishing industry, which he thinks is something that people, when they talk about the fishing industry, only kind of like know about it but don't necessarily get to see it up close like you do in other places, like you talked about that market in Seattle, which the name ex- escapes me. But the state lawmakers, 
they were concerned that they were cut out of the deal. They were not cut out of the deal, but were not involved in the talks. They felt as though they should have because it was a state peer. Um, but Mitchell's position on that was it's a state peer, it's a state property, and they thought that this this deal was done clandestinely. But what Mitchell said was it wasn't done illegally. Uh, it wasn't done illegally. The Baker administration worked with the city because the city was a major stakeholder in the deal, and that the, the state uh, to to get this deal done, and that the state reps didn't have any legal right to be at the deal. That inviting them was going to be a courtesy, and a courtesy that. Governor Baker, for one reason or another, did not choose to extend to those state reps. I hope I encapsulated that well. If not, you can call me back or you can call me tomorrow. I'll try to do it again. Um, if this is something people are interested in continuing to follow, um, I would say let me know. We can definitely talk about it more with the people that are involved in the deal. Uh, I know those state lawmakers would probably want to come back and talk about it. Um but you can also go to the podcasts uh, on WBSM.com. I believe that podcast with Rep Strauss, with Senator Montigny, with uh, Rep Markey was in was on February 15th, Wednesday, February 15th. It was a but I, I would go check that out. So I hope I encapsulated that well. Let me know if I didn't. Uh, and I'll I'll try again. 508-996-0500. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. I think you did an excellent job explaining that. Thank you. Appreciate it, Carlos. Um, and, uh, you know, it's amazing. You know, it's been a long time. I've lived in the city all my life, and uh, it's been a long time since we had any kind of action down. And it's actually starting to look pretty nice, you know, with the pair, with, uh, you know, the black whale and uh, uh, all the different, uh, you know, the, the uh, clam bake shop. And, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's definitely a lot of that, stu- a lot of that potential that that's been talked about for all this time. Is so where, where, you know, where does the city council stand on this? Are they, are they also uh, standing in the way of this thing? I don't think so. I, I think I, I don't, I don't think so. I haven't heard anything from the city council on this. Uh, honestly, um, I, I don't think yeah, they. That would, that would, I, in my opinion, that would be horrible. I mean, we're probably getting some action down there and getting some stuff get done and all of a sudden uh, you know you got Strauss and uh, I guess I don't really pay attention to Strauss all that much to be honest with you but maybe I should start paying attention and uh, if he's going to start intervening I mean where does he live do you know where he lives um, Rep Strauss lives in Mattapoiset but he, he represents he does represent um, uh, he does represent um, parts of New Bedford Right, so you know, if he if he lives in Mattapoise, he represents a small portion of uh, New Bedford. I sure hope he isn't the the, the person that uh, you know stands in the way of progress here. <laughs> you know, that'd be horrendous, in my opinion, and leave a big bad taste in my mouth. That's for sure. Yeah, his um his concern is is if it interferes with the fishing industry. Um, I, I know the other uh, Montigny said that the the project actually you know, jives with his vision of how that, you know, how he wants to see it developed. And, and Mark, he said he, he doesn't, he doesn't hate the deal either. So they just want to see, they just want to make sure everything was above board and how that deal was secured. I mean, I don't agree with everything that Mitchell does. You know that. But I do know I, that. I, I don't think, I don't think he would uh, bring harm to the uh, fishing industry, you know? So I, I that, that, that to me is, it seems like that, I think they're upset that they weren't included and they can't, you know, go to the the grand opening and cut the the, the 
the, the tape. <laughs> yeah, all right, man. I'll yeah, talk maybe. to you later. I'm, I'm like all over the place because I'm doing GPS. I'm in Attleboro. I don't know where the hell I am. So I'll talk well, to you later. What's, what's going on in Attleboro? Anything, anything interesting? No, I'm just a good boyfriend. I went and picked up a... I can't even say the word. It's a board that holds cheeses and crackers and stuff. Charcuterie? Uh, my girlfriend. That's it. Charcuterie board. <laughs> well, <laughs> enjoy. Thanks, man. Thanks, Carlos. All right, uh, 508-996-0500. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the uh, that's the State Pier saga, as I have come to learn uh, over the last, I would say, a couple months or so, uh, this has been going on. The first story, again, that was written by, the first story on, like, the real, like, opposition to the bid, that was written by Ben Burke uh, at the at the Publix Radio um, over in Providence. He actually came on to talk about it uh, after he wrote it. Um, Will Senat wrote a nice piece on it too, and Anastasia Lennon uh, as well. And then we had a, a public conversation uh, on it uh, after uh, you know throughout that episode of South Coast Night, which again is on February fifteenth. So you can go back and check that out. You can go back and check that out. The um, on on. Uh, on February fifteenth, and um, we again we had like a forty-five minute conversation with Bill Strauss, and then we also talked to Senator Montigny and uh, and, and Rep Markey, which those conversations lasted a while too. It was it was the it was the entire three hours of South Coast tonight. But if you're really interested in it, I would I would I would direct you to their comments to hear it more completely. Um, Hear it more completely. I think actually Strauss has some pretty good uh, zingers, honestly. Um, so he's a witty guy. So he, he has some pretty good zingers uh, for Mitchell. It was it was it was good. So that's the that's the debate right now. They're, they're, the state reps' concern is that this deal wasn't done uh, in, in an open and honest way, and they did have to FOIA some emails. Uh, they had to FOIA they FOIAed some emails and all of that. Um, to be fair. But what Mitchell said is they didn't really have a right to be there, and Baker, it was Baker's decision not to not to include them. I don't know if that makes it, you know, I don't, you know, in terms of its legality, I guess we'll see. I don't, it, it would be strange, um, but for them to intentionally engage in illegal behavior. Uh, especially with all the what's at stake, and you know, I think that in terms of local, in terms of local, um, in terms of local stakeholders, I think you'd have a difficult time if this. De- the problem is, I think, if this deal is next, I think you have a difficult time getting together the, a group of people, like the group of people that are a uh, group of organizations, we'll say, not necessarily people, but group of organizations um, that have the local focus and the means to do it, and the means to do the thing, to, to do the right thing. Now, there's some philosophical differences between you know, certain state lawmakers and the mayor uh, on on how this should be done. But there is at least a, a few state lawmakers that feel as though this deal isn't bad. It was just the process that they're concerned with. So 
508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break. We'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. W Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. 508-996-0500 is how you can join me this evening. Or also take your message on the WBSM app chat. Uh, we got some calls in the beginning of the third hour. Uh, just asking to to sort of to further clarify the situation regarding the state peer bid um, and the opposition to it. So right now there's a bid secured again for development of the state peer that's going to be mixed use, um, retail, um, and marine industry, basically. There's going to be some hospitality, um, some, you know, hospitality, retail, and they want to put the base, seat, you know, the base seafood auction, put a seafood auction front and center for um so people can actually see the auction which i actually think is a cool thing but there's concern among the state lawmakers that this be that this deal was done clandestinely um basically uh under cover um they did foia documents um they did foia emails again uh, i think strauss uh, rep strauss lays that all out pretty um his opposition pretty completely and, um, you know, exactly why he thinks this deal should be nixed. Um, he doesn't think it's it was done legally. Um, Rep. Um, Senator Montigny said, uh, you know, that the deal fits his vision when he passed that law and conference committee. Um, it fits his vision of what he saw. Uh, when he wanted to make, when he put that language in to a bill uh, back in 2008, but uh, that he was concerned about how that process, how that process went forward to. Uh, and Rep. Markey said the same thing that he's open to the deal. He's just concerned about the process. And they had to FOIA emails. Now there was a, those are the just the ones we talked to. You know, Rep. Schmid, who represents New Bedford too, uh, as well uh, as well as the Cushion at Westport, Fall River. Freetown um, and Rep Cabral, whose district it's actually in. It's it's uh, the, the state peer is, is in, in his district and Rep Hendricks, who who is a one of the two, along with Rep Cabral, the two fully New Bedford reps. They have voiced their opposition. Uh, they voiced uh, they, they co-signed the letter as well. So it's not the you know, it's it's not the case that it's, you know, just Bill Strauss. Uh, you know, but you know, Rep Strauss does definitely seem like the vocal leader uh, in this. But we also did hear from, again, two other lawmakers that felt the need to call in after listening to Rep Strauss's interview and support his, you know, the, the him voicing those concerns uh, about the openness of the deal. Um, but I think we're a little bit more. Uh, open to that deal, the 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 proposal, and you know its viability. Um, I would say that's my that's how I've seen that. De that's how I've seen it play out. That's how just speaking with all the major elected officials that are all involved in this, um, both on and off the air. Uh. That's my encapsulation of it. Um, that, to the best of my knowledge, uh, and so we'll see how that shakes out going forward. 
again, new gubernatorial administration. So that was done under Baker. Baker really wanted to see that through, and he said Lieutenant Governor Karen Polito, who's now a South Coast resident, now a resident of the South Coast uh, in Dartmouth, um, wanted to see that through as well. So 508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break. I'll be right back. This is South Coast Tonight. New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. What do you mean? Pollution from trucks is a public health crisis. Diesel-burning trucks belch dangerous levels of pollution. And communities living near ports and along freight corridors breathe especially high levels of this dirty air. But this crisis has a solution. My name is Sasan Sadat, and I work for Earth Justice. I'm working to clean up our air quality, particularly for communities that bear the burden of diesel pollution. For the sake of our lungs, our health, and our climate, the future of trucking in this country has got to be zero emissions. Until then, I will never rest. Earth Justice is a national legal nonprofit defending the environment and people's health. Earth Justice is fighting to save lives, protect our climate, and strengthen our economy through the shift to zero emissions. If clean air matters to you, visit us at earthjustice.org. Earth Justice, because the earth needs a good lawyer. Veterans and their families are popular targets for financial fraud. Scammers may try to defraud you through misleading commercials, emails, texts, cold calls, or online ads. They may even pose as someone from VA or an organization providing discounts on fees for services. But VA will never charge you for processing a claim. Do not provide your personal information to anyone other than a VA-accredited representative. To find a representative near you, visit va.gov forward slash find dash rent. Kids across America are going to school hungry. Millions of kids every day. Hungry kids get sick more often and can struggle in school. It can be harder for them to focus and learn. But one simple thing can help change all of this for a hungry child in America. Good healthy food and the energy it brings. With help from caring people across America, No Kid Hungry is providing healthy meals and hope to hungry kids so they can build better futures. We want to ensure that all of our kids have healthy meals every day. Thank you. Thank you for helping feed our kids. To learn more about ending child hunger in America, go to helpnokidhungry.org today. South Coast tonight with you wherever you go. Stream Chris and Marcus on the WBSM app or get their podcast on the app at WBSM.com. Now back to South Coast tonight. Welcome back, actually, uh, as the um, voice guy. As the voice guy, Pete Gustin said, you can you can take South Coast tonight wherever you go. Our podcast is doing so well, and that's because with you guys and we appreciate it um but you can download our podcast actually i was just uploading a couple uh the last episode of the second hour first hour is up with mayor mitchell you can listen to that again we had some questions on the state pier saga so you can go to again it's the february 15th so you don't have to scroll back that much you can go any and by the way to get to the podcasts um there's a few ways one you can go just about anywhere podcasts are offered uh apple pod you know a lot of a lot of people have iphones so apple podcasts Spotify, which a lot of people use. Uh, 
um, I think Amazon podcasts, um, anywhere podcasts are offered. Podbean. I'm going to use Podbean, but you can get it on Podbean or uh, you can go to WBSM.com. I personally think the best way to get the podcast, you can get it anywhere, right? But if you want to do it right, I think what you do is you download the WBSM app. And there is, when you click on the WBSM app, there is a button that says podcasts. So you click, it's two clicks. Click the WBSM app, you click the podcast button. Actually, then you click South Coast Tonight. Those three clicks. And then you find the episode you want to listen to. So four clicks. That's not bad. Four clicks isn't bad. One, two, three, four. And it's pretty quick. You click the app. You see the podcast button. It's right there. Podcast. You click it. And you click South Coast tonight or whichever show you want to listen to. Tim, Barry. You can listen to uh, Phil. You can listen to Kate Robinson's newscast. Brian Thomas and Ken Pittman uh, now are on podcast. Uh, Town Square Sunday with Jim Phillips. Um, I get everybody. Yeah, I got everybody at WBSM. So you can go back to, in this case, you want to get to February 15th. If you want to learn more about the state pier, you got Bill Strauss. We got a, about a 40-minute interview with Bill Strauss that you can listen to. Uh, another one with Mark Montigny, another one with uh, Chris Markey. So you can listen to that if you want to get their side of the story. Uh, if you didn't get to hear that or you want to just be reminded of the conversation. And then you can listen to Mayor Mitchell's comments today. He also said it on a previous ep episode, I think back in December, and then he said it on Tim's show as well. But that's the way I would use the, I would download the app and I would get the podcast that way. And if you download the app too, you can set up on your, you can set it up to get notifications. So when an episode's uploaded of my show, Tim's show, anybody's show, you can, you can get it. You can get notified of it. Which I think is good. It's helpful to me. Not just because I work here. You also get push notifications of local news. So anytime something local breaking happens, you get a push notification. Bam, pops up right in your phone. Breaking news. This happened, you know. And also, you know, have easy access to all the articles with the local news as well. So that's my plug for the app today. I'm a company man. That's my plug for the uh, downloading the app today, but I think it's a good one. Um, it's a very useful, it's a very useful app, and um, I really, it really, it actually helps the show a lot if you download the podcast. So, um, if you like me and you want to help me, then download the podcast. And it's good to listen to that stuff again. And if you miss something, you can hear it again. I think I've plugged the podcast enough, but our podcast is doing super well. And it's because you guys are already, a lot of you are already downloading the podcasts and because you want to hear those conversations again, or maybe you can't listen to the whole show because you got something going on from seven to eight, or you got something going on from nine to 10. Uh, but then you're downloading the podcast and you're listening. So we really appreciate it. And, uh, 
it's um what gets me to the station every day. So 508-996-0500 is how you can join me. Again, tomorrow, Grace Ferguson from the New Bedford Lights is going to be joining me from 8 to 9. I may be working on some other guests as well, um, but also putting together some local stories here in Fairhaven and, uh, and elsewhere. And so you'll want to tune in tomorrow. There's some good, it's going to be some uh, good stuff. All right, I'm going to take a break. Just closing out. Again, stay tuned tomorrow. Um, we're going to have Grace Ferguson from the New Bedford Light in. She's going to talk about uh, her pieces on home equity theft and how um, undocumented uh, children are being um, significantly impacted by uh, lead poisoning. So really interesting stuff. Uh, also working on some, might be working some other guests for the 7 and 9 o'clock hour, but from 8 to 9 um, we'll be joined by Grace Ferguson, the New Bedford Light. Again, it's very similar to the segment that we did with, uh, we do with Will Senat regularly. Uh, we've done it with Arthur Hirsch as well. And, uh, also, uh, Tim's segment with, uh, Jack Spillane on Mondays. So 508-996-0500. If you want to make any comments in the closing minutes, closing minute, I would say closing minute, of the show. Appreciate you guys joining me this evening. Appreciate Mayor Mitchell um, joining me in the seven o'clock hour. Uh, always a good time and uh, more good times to come. Right. Uh, I guess. I don't know, but you'll want to stay tuned tomorrow. Obviously tomorrow's Thursday. It's Friday, junior. And you've got Phil in the morning. We've got Tim Weisberg from 9 to noon, Barry Richard from 12 to 3, Howie Carr from 3 to 7, South Coast Night from 7 to 10. Try to beat that lineup. You can't. Can't touch that lineup. It's unbeatable. All right, guys. Thank you. I will see you guys tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Be there or be square.